the beast this awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive, who day we ignite in us Cincinnati, we gon' rise in us In the jungle, we unite in us Trippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight, live and die in these fights Wake up the beast, every damn day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, trippin' heat Tiger strike the city streets guys what's going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunapole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the ac north champion cincinnati bengals now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up you guys are awesome I, and i and i haven't even done many shows lately you guys are still awesome i'm 1716 subscribers I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, do me a favor. If you're watching on uh, Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Please go to Sports with Strawberry Ice on YouTube. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we are doing super chat. So if you want to give me a super chat, uh, show some support, or I have a question that you want to uh, give Big John, uh, Give it a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. What's up to everybody in the chat? What's going on? Crypt Keeper, Bengal Hoss. What's up, Richard? What's going on? Crown, you're in there. Where have you been? Well, I was on vacation. And for... Memorial Day weekend, 
didn't get back to late Wednesday. And then I did a show or not a show, but I taped one Thursday. And then Friday all weekend, I've been working on my deck. I got a new building, a new deck in my backyard. So me and Prince Ice had been working on that. And last night I just got too late and I couldn't. <laughs> I could I just couldn't do a show. I was too I, I was too uh too uh, wore out. What's up, Crip? So you forgot one and the number one zoo, zoo in the nation. <laughs> we talk about you since I zoo. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right. So I'm waiting on my guest. I'm hoping he can get on. He's Big John. Like I said, he has been a bodyguard for Poison Rat. Uh, most recently here from Brett Michaels. He was on the Rock of Love TV show. He also is a former and current wrestler. Former wrestler for ECW, and he's currently well. I don't know if he's wrestling, but he's he's doing the promotion or whatever for FCW, and he is in the waiting room. So let's bring him on. He's Big John. <laughs> Big John, what's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How are you? Good, good, good. Is you ain't got your camera on. There you go. Good to go. There we go. Now I can see you. What's going on, man? Good, man. How you been? You, you doing good, all right? Good, good. Good, good. Sorry to just so long on, on grocery shopping and uh, <laughs> got carried away with putting it away. I don't have people to do that. <laughs> I know. I had, a, I had a conversation where you're, you're checking out the scenery before. <laughs> exactly. That's a good looking lemon in the grocery store. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. All right. So for people who don't know who you are, you're, you're Big John. You, uh, I guess, I don't know what you're more famous for, Rock of Love or being a wrestler. Or all uh, of the above? All of the above. Honestly, <laughs> I've been very blessed. Uh, I started off wrestling in 97, I believe. 96, 97. Um, with the HWA here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Being trained by Les Thatcher. Um, what the hell happened? Where, where's my camera? I left your camera again. Hold on, let's see what's going on here. Freaking computers, man. <laughs> your browser has connections to your camera. Make sure you go so right now there you are now you're back hopefully that won't happen again <laughs> um so anyway i started in the hwa here in cincinnati i've been trained under a guy named Les thatcher who was a legend in the mid-south uh early w you know um holly blanchard the, the early days Bern yes. and all the no uh, legend man you're talking you're talking full horseman brother <laughs> yeah. Les was a legend, and uh, he he had a school here in Cincinnati, which I was completely unaware of. And a friend of mine, Lance, um, who was running a club called Annie's here in Cincinnati. Yeah. He, he I started working there, and he asked me if I was interested in getting into wrestling. I never gave it a, a thought growing up. I mean, I loved wrestling, and I'd go to Cincinnati Gardens and watch it all the time. Never thought that I could be a wrestler, and he got me into this school. And uh, one thing led to another, and, you know, we, we did it for a couple of years, about two years. Then I hurt my neck, and uh, when I got back in the ring, I was scared to death. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I, right. I so, knock on wood, at that time, the opportunity came to uh, to start working for a band called Rat. I went to a show in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, Bobby Blotzer, the drummer of the band, wanted a ride back to the hotel. So, a friend of mine gave him a ride back. Bobby told me, just ride the bus back. I'll see you back at the hotel. Well, I started partying with the crew guys, and... Next thing you know, I'm on a crew bus instead of a band bus, which went back to the hotel. And I was like, where the hell is this hotel? This is taking forever. And they're like, dude, we're in Detroit. 
I was like, what do you mean we're in Detroit? <laughs> it was crazy. Because I was like, um, I got a job and everything back home. What the hell am I going to do? And uh, Larry Moran, the tour manager, kind of said, look, we're playing in Cincinnati in two weeks. Here's your chance to see if you really want to be on the road. And right. about two, three days later, the guys pulled me up on the bus, offered me a job, and that was, and the rest is history. Um, pretty, pretty cool. And then from that, I went to Poison. Uh-huh. And from Poison, I went to Saliva and Nickelback and Three Doors Down and all that over in Europe. Some 41, American Hi-Fi. Um, that was in 2001. And then uh, I started with Kid Rock and worked with him for about four years. Yeah, that, that's that's how you got your email address, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They all, they set it up for me. Of course, the KR had to be in there. Um, but uh, from then, I went back to Poison, and and, and I worked uh, with Brian Setzer and the Stray Cats for a short while. And I've been very blessed. Now I'm back into wrestling. Well, up until I had my heart issues in August, I was back into wrestling. And now I do commentating for wrestling. Ah. But I don't get in the ring anymore. Now, for for everybody who since you just mentioned your your heart issues, for everybody who doesn't know, just explain to to the audience what's. You have, I, a unique, you have a unique situation with your heart, to, to yeah, be honest. I mean, in August, in August, I was in a meeting with some people, and uh, they kept asking me, are you okay? You don't look right. And I was like, look, I got to go. Put this meeting on hold. I made a joke and said, I'm going to die. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. I said, no, I'm serious. Something's wrong. So I got into my truck, and I started driving to the VA here in Cincinnati. And while I was there, I called my cardiologist. And they said, look, I said, something's wrong. It feels like I swallowed like a gallon of bleach. And I said, I don't feel right. Something's, and they're like, get here, man. They're like, are you driving? I was like, yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> I, I'm, Probably I'm shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm not the brightest. Let's put it down there. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But I figured if I got out, I wanted my car to be there so I could just get home. and didn't have to wait for anyone. <laughs> right, exactly. So she says, look, when you get here, just park your car, just throw your car in the park. A cop or somebody will park your car. You need to get in here. Right. Got out of the car and saw a cop, and I said, "Can you help me?" This phone. I said, "I'm dying." And the next thing I know, I was waking up on the table, and they were telling me that they can either put in this thing called an LVAD, or they're going to send me home, and I'd be dead by probably the next morning. Um, so what I have is called elect LVAD, a left ventricular assistance device. Uh, what they do is basically hollow out part of your heart, put a pump in there, and things that look like radiator hoses on a car put the blood up into my atrium i guess what it does is it, it pumps the blood throughout my body the way it should be pumped so but it's it's definitely not foolproof there's days when i can't get out of bed and there's days when i, I can do nothing but uh be, be active and do this and that and everything but today was a great day yesterday was a horrible day i didn't get out of bed till six o'clock in the evening so oh, jesus well, I'm glad today's a good day because because you, you, it'd be kind of hard to, to have a podcast. You don't feel very good. You don't want to talk, so so that'd be kind of hard. So, well, so 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 this is not a a a fix all. I mean, you you have you were on the waiting list to get to get a new uh, heart transplant. Yeah, this is I can I, what I call this, and I'm actually being I've been uh, not hired, but brought on as an ambassador with Abbott Technologies. And what I do is I meet with clients who are eligible for the Zelbad and candidates. And tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly about having this. This is not a cure-all. This is not the fix-all. This is just a key. You know, there's a lot of people, and what I try to tell people is, you know, it's this or that. Right. You're going to die, or you better get, you need to get this. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, why me? Why did this happen to me? Who cares? This is a second chance. 
make right. the best of the opportunity. Because I'll tell you what, the first after spending you know time in a, I guess medically induced coma, being intubated, going through all the recovery process, and just getting this. When I got out of the hospital, I looked at everything different. Looked at trees different. Looked at flowers different. Right. Looked at cars different. Looked at people different. It was the most amazing thing for the first time in my life. I really appreciated life. Right. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, this is a this is a continuation. It's not the end or the or the or the, the completion. This is just opening another chapter. And what I, what I mean when I say that is, 99.9 percent of the people who get this are going to be what they call bridge to transplants. This yeah. is temporary thing on the way to a transplant. I'm listed when I get a transplant. I hope and pray to God that I'll be normal again, but who knows? Right. I just get back into a full and swim. That's all I care about. Yeah, I guess I guess yeah, that'd be kind of hard not to to, to swim with the yeah. stuff there. You yeah. cannot be submerged in water or swim. Yeah. And as soon as I get my heart transplant and they clear me, I'm going back to Hawaii because I want to die. There you go. There you go. Now talking about you talking about your life that you, you you've lived. I mean, like I said, it's it's an uh, to me I think it's an amazing life. You had some pretty pretty cool stories you gotta have with, with poison rat oh, slitter, yeah. ecw so i mean something out there man i know you got some stories brother oh yeah absolutely you know i mean you ask i'm an open book you ask the questions and i'll tell you That's, uh, <laughs> all right well, well i got one what, what's what's the cra- craziest uh, uh uh poison story because I, I know back in the day they, they would like to party a lot now that stories you can tell without getting somebody incriminated or going to jail or yep. <laughs> anything like that you know so um, we'll get in yeah. trouble <laughs> I'll tell you what, here, the weird thing is, is with poison, it's it's fairly easy to say what, obviously people have heard of the backstage parties, they've heard of the the, sec, the quote unquote sex drugs and rock and roll. Right. What I like to talk about with poison is the fans and what they mean to the band. It is amazing, 30 years later, these guys are getting ready to play in stadiums with Motley Crue, who does it too. They treat their fans like they are family. And I, I, I've, I've worked with new bands. I've worked with bands on the up and coming. And I tell them the same thing all the time. Treat your fans like they are a commodity. Treat your fans like they are gold. Right. Because they are. They're the exactly. ones that keep your career going. And, and I, yes, I have very, very many stories. <laughs> um, Look, this sounds like so you may have to have to discuss up there at a certain restaurant where you were talking there tonight. Read the book when we're all dead. Yeah, there you go. Believe me, it's written. It just hasn't been given to a publisher yet. I'm waiting for it. So when I die, the publisher will get it. There you go. Nobody can get in trouble. But no, we, you know, it's fun. I mean, we've we've had the drinking parties. You know, we've had the the drugs. We've had the women. We've had the. No one can throw a backstage party like poison. I will tell you that. Absolutely no one. <laughs> we, 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 we've done it for, well, they've done it for 30 plus years. I've been blessed to be a part of it for 25 years. And I'm telling you what, no one, there's, there's other artists that come back and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> you guys are still doing this? It's like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's the way it is. So. Keeps going. There you go. I got I got a question here from one, one of the people watching. Crown up a kid. He said, "He was who has the best parties, rock bands or wrestling?" Wow, <laughs> that's that's tricky because there are two different types of parties. In wrestling, you got what we call the ring rats, which yeah. in rock and roll are called groupies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's calling my house, but. You're, you're pop- oh. don't, don't they know you're on the Strawberry Ice podcast? God, 
I know. People don't, go, people don't they constantly bother me. Nobody calls my house phone unless it's a bill collector. And I'm like, I got it. You know, and I, what I did was my mom died in August. I'm sorry, July. So people are calling to try to update her subscriptions to things. And I'm like, I don't think she wants it anymore. And they're like, well, we need to talk yeah. to her. Go dig her yeah. up. Yeah, I, th- I think she's done with subscriptions, man. <laughs> she's done reading it. Well, my, my condolences, brother. No, I'll tell you, the rest of the parties are great because they carry over to hotels. They carry, you know, you don't, you're not sitting back in the locker rooms, right? Uh, giving away everything. I mean, we, we live by, we used to live by a code called KFA, which meant, you know, people who are around that are not part of the wrestling business. It's basically put it on wraps, and, you know, uh, once Vince McMahon broke KFA, right, and they went out the window. Right, in sports entertainment as opposed to wrestlers. Um, but no, I mean, the parties are two different, same parties, two different venues. I mean, rock and roll, it's backstage, it's in the dressing rooms, it's on the bus, it's under the stage. That leopard had parties under their stage, under the stage, under the stage. Um, <laughs> and, and what the underground party, huh? <laughs> um, you know, Motley Crue has had some, some huge parties, as you've seen from the movie The Dirt. Yeah, just continues to have parties. I mean, we're all older and married and everything else, but we still we still know how to throw down. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you, you know, it just keeps you it keeps you young, John. It, you know, keeps keeps you. But so, I would I will tell you this: I would say the best parties are rock and roll parties, music yeah. parties, because what you do is you have just a few hours from the time the show is over. Till the time the buses roll, and you try to squeeze everything into those few hours, and it gets fun. <laughs> All right, I got another question here from Crypt Keeper. Now, I'm, he always he, he watches my show a lot. He always asks asks some very interesting questions. So, don't get mad at me. He's the one oh, to ask no, this no, question. No. <laughs> but he says, "Mr. Murphy, I hate to put you on the spot, but is Brett Michaels bald? He's always wearing no. He's hand. not bald. No, he's not bald." <laughs> I will tell you this, and we, we said it in in Rock of Love and, and everything else. Brett has the most expensive hair extensions that you can buy in the world, but he is most certainly not bald. <laughs> he's he's not Hogan trying to try to cover it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. He uh, he did shave his head when we filmed the movie uh, Letter from Death Row. Did he? But, but yeah, he that was that was legit. Oh, wow. But it came back. He, he is not bald. That's one of the high. That's one of the biggest questions that I get asked, and I'm like, no, really? I, I don't know what the big infatuation is. If he was bald, <laughs> he looked like Stone Cold. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I just I find it weird that that's what everybody always asks. Right. Me. I'm like, Maybe because he's always wearing the hat and the, and, the, and the bandana. I guess I guess that's it. I haven't seen his, no, that's his, his hair. Trademark. You know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know it is. He's always wearing his yellow shirt that says Hulkamania and ripping him off. Rex always wearing a bandana. Yeah. And if you notice, a lot of artists and entertainers have followed suit. They wear the cowboy hat and the bandanas, and they wear the baseball hat. And the Axel Rose did it. Kenny Chesney's done it. Toby yeah. Keith's done it. Everybody. And if you think about it, since 1984, 83. Brett Michaels has done it, so I'm not going to say he he started it, but he was definitely a big inspiration to people doing it. Right, exactly. I got another question here from Bob. I did. I I was bald. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have you ever met Rick? Woo! And let me tell you something, brother. Hogan. Yes, I have. Both of them. Uh, Rick Flair, I was very blessed to meet because we did a, a thing back in the 90s 
for God, God rest his soul, a good friend of ours here in Cincinnati, Brian Pillman. Yeah, and Rick, yeah, Rick Flair was part, right, yep. was part yeah, of his the, son's uh, wrestling at AEW now. Yeah, his son, his son was trained by Sean Casey, my brother, who uh, who was trained by Brian. Brian got him into wrestling, so it's all come full circle. Yeah. So before he before he was in AEW, he was training here at FGW, uh, CWAI, and he was training with Cody Hawk, who's part of the Five Most Wanted. I'm part of the Five Most Wanted here in Cincinnati, and with, with, they call us the world's most dangerous group. We are the heels that everybody loves to love. They love to hate us, but they love us. You know what I mean? Um, but, but yeah, we did this event called the Brian Pillman Memorial, where all these name, big name wrestlers and A-list celebrities came in, and all the monies were, and charity monies were uh, given to the family, Melanie, now God rest her soul, and the family to try to, you know, circumvent some expenses and everything that it took to raise those kids with, uh, with Brian not around. So, Right. You know, Brittany and, and Brian were were supposed to be recipients of that. I don't, you know, who knows what happened. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's none of my business. But we did three events, and, uh, you know, the family was taken care of. So, but yeah, Rick Flair was part of it. Hogan and I met down in Florida when I was with Kid, Kid Rock. He, he came back in the dressing room, and, and he was talking. We were at Moonfager Hall, and Brett just met him a few weeks ago. Moonfager Hall, he did a thing called 50 Lakes. For uh, vets and, and, and teams, that was absolutely amazing. And it was funny because Hogan was talking about him and his son being huge fans of the, the show. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right on. <laughs> so, Rock and love, baby. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a small world. A lot of people think that you know the music business and the entertainment business is going to be so big. And oh, I wish I could meet this person or that person. And in reality, it's a very small world. You cross paths with everyone, you know right? It's just a matter of taking advantage of those opportunities. You can stand there and look across the room and say, oh, look, there's Hulk Hogan. Or you can walk up and say, hey, Terry, how are you? I'm John, blah, blah, blah. I, I work with Brett. Oh, I know who you are, brother, blah, blah, blah. I watch the show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know uh, I've, I've been really good friends uh, at one point with uh, Edge. A few, like years back, he was coming to some poison shows when we were in Tampa and stuff. Uh, became really good friends with Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. Yeah. You know, uh, Shane Douglas is one of my one of my greatest fans, and I want to say mentors from ECW. I've watched him wrestle with Tommy Rich and all these guys wrestle, and it's funny because now we go back and we do reunion shows, or we do you know smaller federation shows, and we all work together, and it's like, holy shit, I'm working with the guys that I used to watch. You know? Right, right, and, and cool. they're real, they're really cool, and they they taught me a lot, and it's it's pretty cool. So Shane Douglas, he still works with you at, is it, I'm getting it right, it's FCW, right? FGW. FGW, my bad, FGW. He, it, he works for, he's basically independent. He goes around to a lot of the independent wrestling leagues and showcases there. Um, also, he works primarily, he does this thing here in Cincinnati called Battle on the Border. He and I have been part of, and Sean and Cody have been part of numerous shows with Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics. Um where he brings in, you know, A-list talent, and, and we put on shows. The last time we did it, Kevin Nash inducted me into the NWO, and it wasn't a mem uh, uh, an honorary. It was a, I mean, Kevin flat out said, this isn't honorary. You are part of the NWO now. And nice. Unfortunately, that night is when we lost Scott. I mean, he had his heart attacks, and yeah. two days later, he was gone. But, yep. you know, yeah, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was sad. I said that when, when uh, Razor oh, yeah. Scott Hall passed away. That sucked. I'll tell you what, they're standing in the ring with Kevin Nash because that's who I've always tried to model myself after in the wrestling world. That was my 
my end all be all. I wanted to be, you know, like Kevin Nash and stand right. up there and have him not honor me, but it was a, a lot of it was military service and everything. They gave me a plaque and he inducted me into the, into the NWO. For him to do that and for me to be up there, I gave him this hug afterwards. He's like, you know, you deserve this. Well, I gave him a hug and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to let go. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> No, he's a great guy. He really is. And, and for him to do that and take the time out of his night and, and bring me into the NWO and, and, and go through my military career and honor it was absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Let's, let's, so we haven't gotten that part. Let's get into to your to your military career and where you served at and everything. Um, 1989, I went into the Marine Corps uh, after boot camp and went through all the infantry training. And in my first duty station was RC when we were in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, um, which was a trip. I loved it. A lot of people don't like Cuba because you're stuck on the base for a year. You can't leave the base. Right. You can't go out in Havana. You can't go out in Guantanamo City. You're stuck on the base. I actually loved it because we, we did live patrols, lock, you know, lock and load in the rounds. Um, we assisted in, uh, in the uh, evacuation of de uh, defectors. So, you know, they, they'd hop the fence and they would literally circumvent live minefields to get onto the U.S. base. So we could ship them in the Navy or wherever the hell they ship them to. Wow. But uh, from, from there, I went to Charlie Company 1 2, and we were essential in the evacuation of the embassy in Somalia during Operation Houston, actually. And that was in January of 1991, I think. Then we came back. I got assigned to uh, First Battalion, First Marine Division, uh, Weapons Company, and Bravo Company. I got put in Bravo Company. <laughs> I can say that right. I don't want to get in trouble. I, I actually I'm having a hard time a hard time hearing you a little bit. Speak up just, oh, just a oh, little bit. Okay. Let me leave, let me let up here. There, that's better. I so I, I didn't know what you said. <laughs> oh, okay, you I was in uh, after after Cuba. I got assigned to Charlie Company One Two, mm -hmm. and uh, we were instrumental in the evacuation of the embassy in Somalia in January '91. That was before anything Black Hawk Down anything ever happened. Okay. Um, then I got assigned to First Time First Marines uh, Weapons Company, and uh, we went on the West Pack. We were involved in first. You know, um, first Gulf War, etc. Right. And um, I take that back. I was I got assigned to them after the Gulf War. I stayed with Charlie Company One Two. Then went with Charlie or Weapons Company One One. Went back to Somalia. I screwed up. I got busted doing steroids. Oh. So they kicked me over into uh, into Bravo Company for about six months. And yeah. Then I finished my career with First Battalion, First Marine Division. So. So how many years were you in? Four years active, and then four years inactive. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for your service. I mean, that's that my, my whole family, like, like my brother served, my dad served, my grandfather served, my nephew served, serves now currently. My brother-in-law served. Everybody except me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so. Oh, I'm fat. <laughs> you look fat. Look, I get close to how fat I look. <laughs> oh, no, let, me, let me adjust this a little bit. <laughs> Don't you know the camera puts like 10 pounds on you, man? I know, You're right? on TV. You should know this already, John. <laughs> oh, I know. But I'm trying to justify it, though. I look fat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crown here wants to know. Um, oh, yeah, well, actually, let me get the Crips here. He said, how crazy was C.C. DeVille? C.C. is absolutely. What you see is what you get. He's, he's, uh, he is never, ever not on 10. I love him. He's he's uh, he's hyper. He's he's crazy. He, uh, matter, I can I'll tell you a story about CC one night. All right. we were, I think in uh, 
think we were in Rockford or something. No, we were in Iowa somewhere, uh, wherever the university is in Iowa. And uh, we all went out and CC. It was with a group of people, and they all went to this dance club or nightclub or whatever. And this kid that's the the freaking pretty boy soccer player, he's fucking with CC. I'm like, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And he called, CC calls me on my phone. This is when we first got cell phones. And he's like, I need your help. And I was like, okay, I'm on my way. So he, he goes outside the bar and I come running across the damn campus and I come around the corner and I jump up on this this bench like somebody's waiting on a bus. I'm like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, John is here. He's like, John's here. So we go back into the bar and, and we're walking through and I'm like, find him, find him. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll just find you this guy. So this guy, and finally she sees me, he goes, there he is, there he is. And I was like, all right, cool. So I walk up and I grab this guy by his shirt, lift him up on the wall, and I start licking him. And now we're on a podcast, right? Yeah. I, I could cuss. So I'm sitting yeah, there yeah, and yeah. I'm licking him and I'm going, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to fuck you in front of all these people. And this kid freaked out. And Cece's laughing his ass off and he goes, I knew I loved you. So I let him down and he's crying. He runs out of the bar and the entire bar starts clapping. Like, this guy must have been a thorn in their side. Right. So I come in, I saved the day, and she's just like, I know I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, though, because Cece, Ricky, Bobby, and Brett, they are are a family. And just like families, they argue, and they get pissed off at each other. And, and, you know, um, I've been lucky enough to be part of that family, and I've gotten pissed off with some of them, and he's gotten pissed off with me, and but you know, two days in, and you're you're back to right, back to business as usual. Yeah, back to boys again, back to family. Exactly. All right, I see here. Uh, so you talk about the wrestling that you're doing right now. Uh, Crownless, though, it said is the wrestling still in Cincinnati? Yes, every Friday night, um, one ninety North Brookwood, or Hamilton, Ohio. It's FGW. What it is, it's a uh, it's a developmental. Uh, it, it's pretty much developmental for uh, all the bigger foundations. Cody Hawk is is the uh, tra- head trainer there. He's, oh, been, I, I, he's yeah. been honored. Well, he just got honored by the wrestling world and the entire wrestling industry last year or two years ago yeah. at CEC, what we call Cauliflower Alley. Only three awards have been given out to trainers since 1960. Cody was the third recipient uh, wow. for training some of the biggest names in in uh, in wrestling. Dean Ambrose, uh, Pepper Parks, um, down in OBW, they, you know, Sean and everybody, and uh, they worked with... Uh, Eli Drake, and back back in the early days, it was John Cena and JDL, and um, is that right, JDL? Not JDL. Uh, who's the one with the RVD or the uh, Rob Van Dam? RKO. That's uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton and uh, Brock Lesnar and John Cena and all those guys from part OBW. So they've all worked together. But Cody has trained some of the biggest names in professional wrestling, so he gets a lot of attention at FGW. So every Friday, every Friday night, we've got a few people in the, on the roster right now who are no doubt about to, to move move on to uh, bigger and better things. AEW, WWE. Uh, Shauna Reed, who has been a uh, part, part of the five most wanted, myself, Sean, Cody Hawk, and Shauna Reed and David J. is a manager. Um, Shauna Reed has been focused and showcased on AEW, WWE over twenty something times. So she's she's getting ready to take off as well. So we're all proud of her. She's she's worked her ass off. So when you talk about the, the uh, five most wanted. Is this this a this a, a faction you have, or is this a, yeah, a, a kind of stage? The five most, five most wanted is 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 it's culminated 
it's been going on a long time. Um, but I, I've been lucky enough to be a part of it for the last six years. It's myself, Sean Casey, who's been in, the, in and out of the WWE study for 26 years. Shauna Reed, who's on her way. Cody Hawk, who has done it. He's been trainer and he's been on WWE WCW. And David J, who's a manager. We are, like I said, our title is the uh, most dangerous, well, the world's most dangerous group. But everyone knows who the five most wanted are. I'm, I'm serious. We have, we have belts from the East Coast to the West Coast, North to the South. At one point, there's a picture on my Facebook with nine belts uh, that people have put on us uh, from around the country, from the East Coast to the West Coast, North and South, where um, we represented numerous, numerous federations and independent, independent promotions around and you, the country. And, and this faction is is based out of Cincinnati or just? FTW is, but okay. the five most wanted, we're, we're, we're everywhere. Everywhere. There's West Coast faction, there's an East Coast faction. You know, um, J, uh, Josh Rafferty was part of it. Josh is instrumental in training all the UFC fighters. Right. He's down, he's down in Florida. He's absolutely amazing. He started in the Western world in the US in the MMA world. And he continued on to go train Dave Batista. Um, all these guys who are instrumental in the UFC and MMA world, as well as professional wrestling, he is their trainer. So, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the beginning to another career. We're all involved in wrestling, but we've done movies together. We've done, uh, you know, commercials together. We've done wrestling shows. We've done radio shows. We've done TV promotions. We've done it all. I mean, we, the thing about the five most wanted is we live organic. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not just in the ring only. We live right. that planet. Right. So we are who we are, and, and and everybody loves it. They know that we're heels, but they love us. <laughs> no, you got you guys got, got t-shirts or anything? Because damn, I want I want to get. We do. If you go to prowrestlingtees.com, yeah, five MW, it'll take you to a shirt. They're a little bit controversial shirt. It's the five of us in black and, and white, and it says the world's most dangerous group. If you remember the NWA album, Straight Out of Compton, that's yeah. exactly what it looks like. Oh, nice. Like the, remember the, the, the mug shots? Yeah, yeah. What it looks like. So, oh, badass. I'll have to give you one of them. I like that. I like yeah, that. You can that's get them at uh, prowrestlingtees.com. You just type in five most one. Five most one or five MW. That's awesome right there. So when you, when you were wrestling, uh, you're, you're in it now, but before the heart and everything, and when you're, you're at ECW and all that stuff, who was like the the – the funnest person that you ever wrestled or, or, or the hardest one, hey, whichever well, way you want to go. When you say that I wrestled, I never, well, basically what I did was I came in, caused interference, choke slam and everything. My, my work was affiliated with either Sean right. or Sean and Cody. Yeah. You, you, you were the bodyguard so back I, then. I, the, I the, the, Kevin Nash of the yeah. Yeah. Book, yeah. You know I, mean? I, I never went in there. So, all right. Best way, how, who is the best one to, to work with, 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 with the uh, stories and all, all that stuff? Wow. I would have to say one of the best people I've ever worked with was Tracy Smothers. And he, he just recently died. He was absolutely amazing. I love Tracy. Um, but as far as up and coming and modern wrestlers, I would have to say Boogeyman. Oh, really, Boogeyman? We did, Worms. A, match, we did a we did a match with the Boogeyman where I took the uh, I, I I took the knockout blow. He, he hit me with the worms, and it was the most nasty, disgusting thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. <laughs> but, but it made for good entertainment. So. <laughs> I've been into one of those damn worms, and yes, they're real. I, they are I, absolutely like, 100% real. I was, I've been into one, and it is the nastiest thing 
that I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I mean that. I've been with some, I've been with some, I've been in some pretty precarious situations. And that was the nastiest thing I've ever tasted in my life. Oh, I see people. I know people are wanting me to ask that, but I'm, but I'm like, I've seen them. Like, I, those things are freaking real. <laughs> well, they're real. Like, they're oh. certainly real. And I tell you what, he is—he uh, scares the hell out of me because <laughs> he, even though you know it's a gimmick, he I'm, lives I'm, in there, right? I'm he like, oh it. Jesus, who is this? I never, I never saw him before. Right. And he comes out there and he's got smoke coming out of this damn stuff and this and that and worms and. Oh God, it, it freaked me out. It really did. Um, but we, we've done work with Sabu, and and we've done work with um, Shane Douglas and Sandman, and one of the best wrestlers on our level. And and, and hopefully, I wish someday he was better. You know, he'd be better. But he does. I, I don't. It just hasn't happened yet. I think they used him on Impact. Was uh, Chase Stevens? Chase is absolutely amazing. Hard worker, absolutely yeah. amazing. He's a he's a professional in the ring, and and when you get in there, you know what you're getting. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's so many people that we work with. That it's just you know you, when when you look up and you see Tommy Rich and you see um, uh, Tito Santana and, and and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and you see these guys, and everybody's like, oh, they're washed up. No, they're not. No, not even close. Well, they can still go. I've seen you them. Know, <laughs> one of the greatest people that I know in wrestling is Magnum TA. Oh, uh, dude, I he would have had a really good career until if he didn't get that that car wreck. He was that messed one, him up. Sorry, one, he was right there. He was yes. ready to put it up. Everything was getting ready to fall for him, and, and he got in that damn car wreck. But yep. he, what a, what a, what an amazing individual. And mm-hmm. He's never complained. He's never bitched about what's happened. I'm not with me anyway. He's accepted it and moved on, and he's still involved in the wrestling world. And it, it, it's funny because you know people think that um, when you retire from wrestling, you know nobody really, unless you're one of the top tier diamond premier showcase people, you're not getting rich. You're doing this for the love of the business, right? You know you can make you can make a living and live good, but you're never getting rich unless you invest your money wisely, right? So one thing you brought up, Sandman, and this is one thing that I always. Loved about Sandman, and I, I think he changed the game. Other than the kendo stick, the beer can, all that stuff, I think he he changed the game with his intro. Enter yes, Sandman, he can play the whole damn song, and he'll have he'll be busted open, yep. whole pack of beer dumped all over him, and everybody in that arena is bought in, yep. and they are singing a damn song with him, Absolutely. and you're exhausted, and he hasn't even got to the ring yet. It's so That's freaking cool. Absolutely, and you know, once he did that, if you if you look back, he was one of the only people that started his intro anywhere in the arena. Right. Now, yeah, you never knew where he was at. You never knew where he right. was coming from. And so many people followed that lead because it was like, you know, you see the, uh, the what was it that uh, that uh, um, oh god, Edge Christian Dean Oh yeah, the uh, the um. The squad, or what the hell they call them? The uh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> I know what you're talking about. They started up in yeah. they started up in the crowd. You know, so right. many people watching watching Sandman. You never knew where he was coming in from. You never knew what he was going to do, but you could always you could tell the minute that first downbeat. Yeah, you know, everybody like, was freaking nuts. Where's he coming from? Where's yeah, that? Exactly. You know, he's drinking beers. He's smacking them on his head. He's got that stick, and 
everybody's touching them. And it was like you saw so many people like, why didn't we think of that? And then it all started. People started doing it all over everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, there's only one person that started that. Yeah. And I, that, that is one of why he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Yes. Just that part right there. I, you're, you're sold. You're, you're in. And when, when he I does that. By the time you got to the ring, you were partying, you were drinking. Oh, dude, yeah. You're, out, you're sweating and, 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 and partying. And, hell, and, sometimes. And the fans, the fans so, were completely vested in it. Yeah. It was like, so, I took part in And that's the biggest thing in wrestling. Yeah. You know, wrestling is not only acrobatics and, and, and talent and skill, but 90% of it is storytelling. Oh, yes. You, and the psychology is if you can incorporate the crowd and make them part of whatever you're doing, you got it exactly. every single time. It could be the worst match in history, but if you got the, if you use psychology and you get the crowd involved and you tell a story, you've won every single time. I mean, it doesn't matter a John how much Cena. you flip and how much you fly and how much you do all this bullshit that they do these days. Go back to old Mid South Memphis wrestling, Texas mm-hmm. and chain wrestling. Mm-hmm. Tell a story, get the crowd involved, and you will win every yeah. single time. Well, I mean, just just look at two of the two of the most famous ones ever, Hulk Hogan, John Cena. Both of them will tell you they're not great wrestlers, but you know what they're great at? Telling a story and talking. That's that, to me, that's more important. I mean, if you can wrestle, great. That's cool. I mean, look, Ric Flair to me is the best wrestler of all time. He can wrestle. He can talk. He can now drink you. I don't know. I, 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 don't know. <laughs> I would have to. I would have to put that. Even though he's not a sixteen-time world champion, I would put. Uh, Roddy Piper right there with him. Pi- yes, Pi- yes. I, I, Piper, was, yeah. Piper was yeah. amazing. He, he's the, to me, the, the rich, I don't say original, but, but he was so different back in the eight. Cause he, his mind was just like this, yes, you know, was, what, what's his line? Talking. Never give, give a, a, a hand grenades to a guy with a machine gun or whatever the hell he said. I, I can't, I, I totally messed it up already, but he thought of that on the fly. You know, the whole smacking, uh, um, hitting um, Superfly in the head with the coconut. Yeah, made it all up, just uh, right there. Made, made it all up, and and it worked. Oh well, I you know I remember as a kid on Piper's Pit, he had Andre the Giant and and uh, uh, Bobby the Brain, and they were sitting there, and he looked at him, he goes, "I'm sorry." He goes, "All I see is a big, big body with a little bitty brain." <laughs> right off the cuff, and, and you can see Andre sitting there, he's going, "What did you say?" <laughs> It's like, holy shit. Here we, you know, it, it, it was just that right off the top. And right. I'm like, oh my God. Well, here's another good one that uh, my brother in law jumped in on here. RJ, Ron, he said, How about Jake the Snake? Never met him. Never, uh, I don't really, other than the horror stories that I've heard, I I do know for a fact that he's clean now. Yeah. Thanks yes. to Diamond Dallas Page. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know him personally, but as far as I know, he is. Yeah. yeah I mean, I saw him at this thing, the Squared Circle Expo last year. He was right, right across from, from us at Squared Circle Expo, which is held every year in Indianapolis. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go up and start talking business because I've never met him. Right. I'm sure that he gets. Dude, well, you're part of the five most wanted. Doesn't he know who you are? I mean, come on. He does. <laughs> there you go. He actually asked somebody to set up right in the front of the show. Ah, there you go. I, mean, I get recognized a lot. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of wrestlers are what we call Mark's fans right. of the wrestling, of the rock love. Right. They sit there and watch it with their girlfriends or wives or whatever. 
So I come walking into Justin and they're like, what the hell are you? And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you're working? I'm like, yeah. So it's, it's, really, it's really cool. But uh, no, I'm sure I'm sure that Jake gets bombarded with dumb questions. Oh, or is it true you're sober or this, that, and that? That's none of my business. Right, right. I, well, I, I, I heard just, just from perspective from people talking about Jake Roberts, uh, uh, of how his brain worked. You know, of how 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 many guys that he helped. You know, just just from oh, bringing them up. The, the dark side of the rings. And, yes, and uh, Jake was a very instrumental wrestler. Very, yes. very instrumental. Uh, that that that's in no way, shape, or form do I take away from his technical abilities mm-hmm. and his uh, inspiration. I just know that it's very easy to get sucked into uh, to pick up demons in this business because you're putting your body through. 30, 40 car wrecks a night. You know, every time you hit that mat, it's equivalent to a car wreck. Yeah. And well, that, that's the, that's the, there. I, I'll put it right there. People, I, I know I've never done it, but I know it doesn't tickle <laughs> when you, oh, even when you hit the ropes. I've seen people where, where you got to you scar, I guess, scar up or whatever your ribs and underarm you, when you hit the rope because it they're actually ropes. Is what they're ropes. It's, not, it's not rubber bands that you're bouncing no. off. You Anybody who, who I, I hate to use the word fake, but I've had people like, oh, wrestling's fake. Okay, come on, get up here. Hey, lean, lean up a little bit again. So oh, sorry. Yeah, I've, I've had people say, uh, oh, yeah, wrestling's fake. And I'm like, come on, get up here. <laughs> you know, I, I, had a, I had a roommate at one point. He goes, do you realize you're 51 years old and you're still doing, you're, you're, you're a kid. You're doing kid stuff. And I was like, get up in here. <laughs> right. I, I, I will teach you how to do some moves. Get up in here and tell me that this is kid stuff. Ugh. No, it's. Everybody always asks, is he wrestling with bacon? And we're like, yeah, except for the injuries. Yeah. <laughs> except for that, that little that little part. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had right. shoulder. Well, injuries. I mean, let, let's let's talk about injuries. If you watched um the Hell in a Cell uh last Sunday, yeah. Cody Rhodes, and that was legit. If you he oh, tore yeah. his peck and Absolutely. all that blood and everything underneath his skin, that is legit. I don't care what anybody says. No, that, that's real. That's legit. He put the, but, the, as much as they're sweating and everything, that makeup would have came off. It wasn't. I mean, Cody Rose legitimately tore his back oh, yeah. and wrestled. Oh, yeah. That's you, matches, you, you can go back and watch matches Triple H and The Undertaker. Triple mm-hmm. H completely separated his quad mm-hmm. and hamstring from the bone. Yep. But he continued with the match. And but the next day, the next day, he was in pure hell. But, you know, the, I had complete shoulder reconstructed shoulder surgery because I choked slammed somebody. It tore my rotator cuff, my bicep, my tricep, my labrum tendon. Tore my entire shoulder out. And uh, I don't wish that on anybody. That was the most horrendous pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the injuries are real. You sustain real legitimate injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, if they, the storyline or everything, that's the one part that's scripted. Everything else, you guys are really doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 get, you get told. I mean, no, you're not. You're not like, you know what? Let just somebody in the face. Buttons. There's times but, that's not scripted. We call it call. We call it uh, go on a flyer or call yeah. up. Food. You know, you when you're walking to the curtain, you go out to finish your match. You don't even know who wins, and all of a sudden you get to the curtain. It's like you're winning. Okay, cool. Boom. You get out the ring. And you call it on the fly. Right. You, you don't, and that's how you know it's the professional. It's not. Hey, what can I get in? What can I do to impress the crowd? It's what can we do to tell a story? Right. What can you do to tell a story? What can you do to get over? Either. Yep. For you or against you, whatever it is. You want to either be booed out the building or cheer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Richard here wants to say, hey, John, have you ever met Booker T from back in the day? Can you dig it? Uh, 
I think I met him at the Squared Circle Expo in Indianapolis last year. Okay. No, nothing really stood out, but I, you know, I go around and say hi to everybody. You know, I do that whether it's and, and you'll know the veterans in the business because they go around and they shake everyone's hand right. in the locker room. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Because you never know when you're going to work with that person. Right. And you know, it's not about paying respect. Well, it is kind of like paying respect. It's like, hey, we're sharing the locker room, but, but it's networking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's also, it's also, especially the uh, the bigger names. You go over and introduce yourself. You know, Ricky Morton. Every time I see Ricky, hey, Ricky, how you doing? Ricky, Don, what's up? But, you know, Shane. Uh, you say Ricky Morton. That cracks me up. The Rock and Roll Express, uh, Jim Cornette would say they would have sex on the way to the ring. <laughs> I believe it. I, I tell you what, we, uh, we, we were going we to start a, uh, a contest, a lottery. We had talked about Sean and I and a couple other people that have been around a while. We were going to start a lottery last year, and what we were going to do is Whoever wins the lottery gets to ride from Florida to Chicago with Ricky Morton, God rest his soul, Tracy Smothers, and a couple other the old school guys. And just you don't talk, you just listen. <laughs> just listen, right? Because the, the stories that they have are phenomenal. Oh yeah, dude, you go to jail for half the shit they probably did. <laughs> oh my god, without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, and if you don't know who Tracy Smothers is, look him up, folks, because he was. Uh, he was the man. He was the man. Uh, I, I, this was been on for a little while. I got to get back to the crib here. He says, the key to Koloff, uh, a good person. He was my favorite wrestler back in the day. Scared the hell out of me back in the day. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I was a kid, and that guy was so damn big. So big. I was like, Jesus. You know, oh, oh I will tell you. I'll tell you who, the, who was absolutely amazing. Um, and I got, to, I got to be pretty good friends with him, with Randy Savage. He had the biggest shoulders. Him and Macho Lex Man Luger. Randy Savage. Yep. Yeah. Oh, him and Lex yeah. Luger had the biggest shoulders I've ever seen on him. I could not believe how big they were. And and you look at Lex now, and you know he's 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 in a wheelchair and he's crippled, and, but he's still Lex. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, Randy, God rest his soul. And I, I say that about a lot of the wrestlers; they're all gone. But unfortunately, yeah. Like, I mean, it looked like he had melons on his shoulder, like at the bottom of his neck. I was like. How big are you? Freaking shoulders, Jesus! <laughs> so. hey, he's a for, former. Uh, since I read minor minor leaguer as well. Well, I, I yeah. heard that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, dude, I remember that because I never knew that until I don't know. Might have been the. I think it was in high school. He ended yep. up go, going into the booth with Marty and Joe, and really? they started talking about it. Oh wow! Okay, and I'm like, oh really? I'm like, oh cool. So because so, his, his last name is Papa. I can't remember yep. which. Because Lenny, uh, the flying uh, Lenny, um, Lenny Popo, I'm not saying his name right. That's his brother. I think I'm saying was, he was a, his brother was the genius back right, in the '80s. Right, right. So that, that was his brother, and his brother didn't play baseball, but he he did. But Macho Man did for the for the Reds. So I thought I was always always interesting that. Somebody that sent he, me a picture of his rookie baseball card, and I was like, "Who's that?" And I started <laughs> looking at him. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, there's no beard, no oh, nothing." Wow. Right? Yeah, no, it doesn't look like him at all. We never, we never discussed. I mean, you know, it was funny because I, I knew him, but I, it's not like I'd go to his house and hang out with him or anything like that. Right. But we'd see each other or talk to, you know, I had a friend, Matt, who was his assistant. So when Matt was around, Randy, Randy would get on the phone and I'd talk to him. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you doing? What's up? I was like, this is cool. And the thing is, everybody's got a macho man. Oh, yeah. Everybody. everybody. I mean, dude, that, that's the funniest thing. It's like, 
my mom and dad always thought it was you know silly that I liked wrestling or whatever. I mean, they, they didn't care. They're just like, oh, whatever, it's wrestling. But my mom still she's like, what's what's that one guy? Ooh, and my mom even does. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, oh yeah, that's Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, my yeah. mom even knows who he is. <laughs> you know, it's funny. A lot of these guys, they uh, they wind up going into acting or mm-hmm. or uh, or commercials or you know, look at Cena's and he's doing movies and and uh, I'll never forget. Like Matt called me one time and I was like, hey man, what's going on? Blah blah blah. We we're talking. So where's Randy? He was always right here. Hold on. And he gets on the phone. He's like, "Hey, Big John." I was like, "Hey, Randy, what's up?" He's like, "I'm not doing this, damn Spider." I mean, he, that's the way he talked for real. Yeah, because he had a phone degree when he played baseball. I would kill. I would kill anybody's voice to consider talking with this. Yeah, I mean, that's the way he talks. He goes, I'm going to movie set, man, and I'm doing this damn uh, this Spider-Man movie, and they got me playing this guy named Buzzsaw or some shit like that. And I'm like, "You're in a damn Spider-Man movie." <laughs> Yep. Next thing you know, the movie comes out and he's on. I'm like, oh my god! I was talking to him while he was filming this. <laughs> That's it's cool. pretty cool. One, one thing you say too, and, and and you know, like a lot of wrestlers get into acting commercials, different stuff like that. But I mean, you guys are pro wrestlers. I mean, yeah. it, it, you it's live. Yep. <laughs> you know, you got to whatever your character is. Well, you say you guys are oh, a lot of guys believe it, live it. You know that that yep. uh, the character is you. But, which is good because you're alive. If you don't believe in what you're doing, nobody they're not going to believe you. Absolutely. You know, you know I, I found out I, Sean and Cody and myself and a couple other people, we were involved in a couple movies here. One was Point Blank with, uh, with um, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank Rillo. We did Point Blank, uh, The Public. Um, what was the fight movie? Um, Uh, there was a, a big fight movie that was coming here. I wasn't part of that one, but uh, Cody right. and everybody was. And I talked to the director and I said, you know, you use us a lot. He said, well, you know how to cre- create a character, but we also don't have to pay stuntmen. True. True. <laughs> yeah. You all hear his stunts. I'm like, you going to pay us for them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what's what's the difference? Donnie That was the fight movie, Donnie Brook. Okay, I got it. All right, I, I don't know. I, I might ask this question. I've never heard of it. Crown once ago said, have you ever heard of real deal wrestling back in the day? I never heard of it. I have not. Where were they located? Hopefully he'll answer. I have no idea. I have no I've never heard of them. Oh, yeah, this is a good one here. Crip's got one here. This is And Randy actually let the damn snake bite him. He said, do you guys remember yes. the Cobra yes, that yes. met Randy Savage and Jake the Snake? Awesome, just awesome. And the thing is, he, he literally let him bite him. <laughs> Well, did you ever heard the story about that? I have, but go ahead. You, you tell it. Um, Randy came into the dressing room. He looks at Jake. So what's his deal with the snake, man? He goes, well, I'm going to pull out his snake. And he goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, you let it bite you first. You let it bite you right here. So Jake's like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, if that snake bites you, then I'll let it do me in the ring. He goes, but I want to make sure you're not. Is it poisonous? Blah, blah, blah. And he's all freaking out. Right. So Jake lets it bite. And because there was some controversy, you know, in the ring and, they they uh they had battled you know argued back and forth about a few things. Jake took this snake out and he just wrenched it on Randy's arm and he could not get it off. And it was oh. Right there, and and Randy was like, you know, Randy sold it, but he goes, God damn, that hurt. It <laughs> <laughs> was a freaking snake. I mean, we I, that, that was way before I met him. But yeah. we, we talked about it. And he goes, I'll tell you what, he goes, that hurt. I bad. bet it did. Like, I can't imagine just letting a snake sit there and wrench on your arm. <laughs> right. 
Right. And, and, he, and the thing is, he let him do it. He knew it was coming. To me, I'm like, I don't know. If I'm doing something that I know a snake is going to bite me, I don't know if I go through with it. I don't know if I would do it either. I yeah. Well, eating worms, uh, okay, not that I want to eat worms, but I think I could probably eat a worm instead of letting a snake bite me before that. That's well, it's different when you eat one, but they're, it's different when there's a hundred of them in your mouth. I've seriously come to question what the hell I was doing. <laughs> Contemplating the meaning of life, like, dear Lord, yep. why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, I should be on the road with poison instead of eating worms. <laughs> Exactly. So, are you are you still um, doing anything with poison or anything right now, or are you just doing the wrestling? Um, thing right yes now? and no. I, I I was out of Brett's house last year prior to this happening with my heart. Uh, he and I was were working on a few things. I still um, I'm still very good friends. Brett Michaels is probably my best friend in the world. Brett Michaels, Ricky Rocket, uh, Bobby Doll now, and CC. Well, like I said, they're all one big family. But I've become very close with Ricky and CC, or Ricky and Brett. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still do things with them. Unfortunately, I can't go out on the tour this year with them, and it's really bothering me because this is the first time in 20-something years that I haven't been with them on tour. Right. And, uh, but they understand, and you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean you, you you have a mechanical heart, so we, I think we're, you'll get a pass. Well, <laughs> uh, the thing is, is I can't be too far away because I'm right. on a transplant list. Yeah. So yeah. I have to get in the hospital within a couple of hours, and they get that, believe me. They, oh, yeah. me, they, they follow me, they know. They've seen firsthand all the stuff that I have on me and what I have right. to do. And they're like, let's just get you a heart. I mean, they've asked, what can we do to help? And I'm like, nothing. Right. It's really for someone to pass away that's a match. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, it's like you could be on a list, but if that person doesn't match you, it goes on to the next one. That's the thing. Is you got to well, fight I told, the I told the doctors, like, you know, it's going to be hard because you're so big. Because I'm 6'7". <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. 300-something pounds. Like, Pray, you know, I, I said, you sons of bitches killed a gorilla across the street a couple of years ago. Why didn't you save its heart? Right. Give me a gorilla heart. <laughs> killed the Harambe, and I was like, save its heart. Save its heart. I'll use it. <laughs> a little hair uh, I'm sure. All right, John. Well, we definitely keep you in our thoughts and prayers, man. You give me an hour. This has been an absolute blast. Dude, for real. Whenever you want to do this again, you let me know. I'm Like I said, there's there's some things we haven't touched on. There's some things that I'm sure people want to touch on. And, like I said, I'm an open book, so anytime you want to do this, let's do it. I'm Hell yeah, dude. Well, I, I want to get together off air so, so I can hear the the real stories that you could tell me. Yeah, I'll tell you some stories <laughs> off air. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Absolutely. Sounds good, brother. Man. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Absolutely, brother. Take care. See you, bud. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was fun as hell. That dude is is really cool. And I know we got more into the wrestling than Rod did the, the rock and roll stuff. I said, okay, he said, come back on again. We'll have to uh, we'll have to uh, try to get into more of that stuff later on. Like I said, I'm gonna try to find the the real stories out, you know, later. But you know, can't put out over the air. But anyway, all right, guys, let's get to the um, Facebook groups that let me watch you. Which I didn't put a whole lot this on a lot of Facebook pages because it wasn't sports. But I'll give them a shout out anyway. It's Who Day Nation, Who Day Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckets, Bearcat Country, Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then as always, you follow me. On all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I might pull the sound off because there's parts where it's kind of hard to hear him. So I don't know how good it'll sound on a podcast. But if you have not checked out the podcast, please do so. Please go to the podcast, Sports with Strawberry Ice. And when you're listening to something, please make sure you give me a five-star review. 
view, rate, like, and review. Leave a comment so more since they fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. 1,716 subscribers. I've added people. And I said, I only did one show last week, and I didn't do one yesterday. So, I, right, for the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you guys. Like I said, if one of you guys liking, subscribing, sharing, tweeting it out, whatever, I don't have any reason to do this. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for being my subscribers. I appreciate it. Let's tell everybody. Let's try to get me 2,000 subscribers by the time the football season rolls around. I would greatly appreciate it. And let's see here. Tomorrow, um, right now, as of right now, I don't have a guest. So it might just be you and me. I'll be working on something. I got something really cool, though. Uh, Ted Karras literally told me running out to practice today. I was like, Ted, he goes, hey, what's up, Iceman? He goes, I, he's, I got you. He's, I'll get you after after uh, spring uh, practice, meaning after OTAs, minicamp, all stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. Because I've been tweeting him out because I guess he thought he told me, which maybe he did tell me. I forgot. I don't know. Either way, Ted Karras will be on my show. He is the center for your Cincinnati Bengals. I'm still waiting for Eli Apple and Evan McPherson and Mike Hilton and Hayden Hurst, who all said they come on. But I am I got a really good feeling that uh, Ted Karras is going to be on the show. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Like I said, it might just be you and me having a conversation. I have no idea. And sometimes. Those are kind of fun. Let's see what happens. Anyway, say it with me, people. That's just sports, baby. See ya!